In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about um, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We did a, we did an episode on this a while back, but I, I think it's topical, kind of based on what's been happening, and um, and I got a couple personal you know stories to share with you uh, specifically about PTSD. Also, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist. We're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. And uh, for those of you who've missed us this last couple of weeks, uh, I had a very busy, uh, busy show schedule over the last three weeks. Which, uh, yeah, I was, I was just telling Jamie, and Jamie's with me today. Yeah. If you guys are expecting to hear Matt, Jamie's sitting in. It's so it's let a me nice entertain. Treat. It was let me entertain you, Dave. It was, it was. <laughs> we had a lot of hypnosis shows over the past three weeks, so it, it required me to, to. We just had to put a hold on recording for for a couple of Fridays. So if you guys looked for us and missed us. Uh, we're back, and, and typically we'll be here every Friday, barring, again, another huge grad season, which oh, will yeah. be around next year. But, yeah. but yeah, I, th- I think in total, probably close to, I, th- I think total of 23 shows over the past 30, wow. 30-something days. Wow, so okay. That's a lot. That is a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and as you can hear, my voice is a little raspy, so forgive me if I have to cough just a tad during the thing, because... Uh, I, I think I just, my, I just got overwhelmed as far as my, my physiology goes, so... So yeah, bear with me if you if you guys have a have a little cough or something. Oh, my mic just went silent You're good. for some reason. Oh, okay, just making sure. Jamie just handed me a water, which is fantastic. That is always helpful. So we're here in the podcast your voice, Southfield Studios. Again, thanks for joining us, folks. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thanks for checking in. If you're listening to the audio, thanks for checking in there as well. And wherever you're listening, please subscribe, connect, like, join, whatever you have to do so that you get the feed um, without having to think about it. Yeah, it'll just come right to you. You don't have to look for it. It'll just pop in whenever we have a new episode. So let's talk about our winner of the week, James. How winning is done. So I, I, you may have seen this video. Uh, there's video of this, which is great because it's it comes from a, uh, one of those ring doorbell systems. Oh, okay. So um, Lisa Menzies of Castle Pines, Colorado, was out of town when her three-year-old golden retriever decided to step out of the house. Named Catcher, the dog was able to slip into the outside world when a breeze blew open the front door. We were getting some repairs done on the house, Menzies told KDVR. Our contractor left to go to lunch and shut the front door, and the wind blew the door open while I was gone, and Catcher escaped. Ah. Yeah. She added, um, she could have wandered out to a busy road, and you hate to think what's going to happen then. 
The home's doorbell camera footage shows the curious dog wandering down toward the front lawn. Luckily, a good Samaritan came to the rescue and found Catcher before troubled before trouble reached the loose pet. Menzies said she got an alert from a FedEx driver. He just said, I found your dog and the address on her tag is where I'm going to take her and then put her in the house. And then he put her in the house with such care. So, so the camera captures this footage of this guy. He's carrying the dog. Uh-huh. Like he's not walking him. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, him in yeah. his arms and this, uh-huh. this light, like, like golden, what's that, what did I say? It was a golden lab? Golden retriever. Okay. Yeah, a golden retriever. But the FedEx driver's carrying this dog up to the door, and the dog sure, just yeah. got this innocent face <laughs> on it, you know. So the camera also captured the moment the driver dropped off the cuddly special delivery. Uh, footage shows the dog lover carrying catcher to the front door that was left ajar. Um, to Menzies, the owner, the act of kindness was straight out of a movie. Seeing him carry her into the house like that, in my head I was thinking of the theme song from Titanic, she, she told KDVR. <laughs> He was taking such care and love with her that it really it was really amusing. With Kate Catcher safe and sound and monitor to make sure another outside world adventure isn't in store, Menzies has nothing but appreciation for the FedEx employee whose name she doesn't know. He interrupted his day on his package delivery schedule to pick up her hand pick her up and hand carry her into our home and lock the door behind him. I don't want to think about where else she could have ended up. So that's a fun story. I, yeah. I'm sure the guy's name's going to come out because he's not on sure. camera. He's a FedEx uh, driver. They know their routes. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. the guy will be, you know. <laughs> I just think sweet. it was the, the dog just, just, just wandering out. And I, our, our dog got out once. Um, mm. Not not, too, not a couple years ago, but but it's not like he ran. He right. just was wandering around sniffing. We found him like four yards down the street, across the street, which oh. is concerning because, yeah. you know, luckily we to, it's not like a busy road, but you just never know. Yeah. But he's just, you know, meandering about, sniffing a bush, you know, just like checking things out. Like it wasn't, you know, I, I'm interested to know if he would have just wandered back on his own. Right. But so we had a dog, Zoe, she's the best yeah. dog on the planet. We, you know, everybody says that this dog really was just <laughs> truly astounding. And uh, Colleen and Colin were living alone at the time. And uh, Zoe had uh, gotten out or they, they she was in the, uh, you know, they let her out. Yeah. And forgot to bring her back in, and mm. everybody left for school and for work. Oh, on uh, little Zoe's just in the backyard, right? But the gate was open. Oh no, right? So the big uh, gate across the garage was open, but uh, she would just she just sat there at where the gate line would be. Oh, and just sat and, there and didn't go past. And didn't wouldn't go past. Wow. Them. And then it starts to rain. Oh no. And the neighbors like, oh, little baby Zoe's outside. We'll take her in the house, and when Colleen gets home, we'll bring her back over. She wouldn't leave the yard. She wouldn't. Uh, oh, she no. wouldn't cross the line. Wow. They're trying to coax her with food. You know, <laughs> that is a good dog. <laughs> most would dogs not. would be like, "I'm, I'm leaving." If would, I, there's food somewhere, yeah, you know, would not cross the line. That's Best awesome. puppy ever. Best That's puppy awesome. Ever. So yeah, to, to the FedEx driver who brought um, Catcher, Catcher the dog home. Yeah, 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 definitely winner of the week for sure. How winning is done? Yes, it is. So, back to it. So, so you were you were talking about post traumatic stress. I was because uh, you've covered it before. <clears throat> we have because we've had stressful things happen before. Um, 
What, I, uh, what else do we need to know about? I, I, I just think I think it's topical because because a lot of people here and here's here's what happens because anytime and and of course anybody's to all the listeners you know what we're talking about. There's been a lot of shootings, a lot of school yeah. shootings, a lot of public shootings, and that brings up that brings up a lot of emotion. I have a lot of clients who I see and have just seen over the past few weeks that are in crisis mode right now because now they're scared again, that they're scared to send their kids to school. They don't know if they're safe. And and what happens is a lot of my clients, so I'll give you an example in general. Mm. I have a client who was um, sexually assaulted Mm. when she was a teenager. Even though this is not the same issue, the fear and the and the and the, the emotion attached to it brings those feelings back up for her experience. Wow. Even though it was a totally different experience, sure. but something that was traumatic for her. Yeah. And and it really is one of these things where it, it it's when you hear news like this, and and I recommend to my clients a lot, and we're going to get into things that we can do in a, in a bit with this. But but one of the big biggest things is is you know sometimes you have to pull yourself away from the from the from the stories you have to you just just pull back from from the tv and and social media and and sometimes you just need to have your own safe space um so so let's let's just cover a little bit and and review again what is ptsd it's post-traumatic stress disorder is what the term is for and and actually it started out or or was once called back after world war ii shell shock that that's what they the kind of the general term for it was or another term was battle fatigue syndrome. So, of course, after soldiers, after two world world wars, the Korean War, they were seeing a lot of soldiers come home with this shell shock, with with these with these flashbacks and these these feelings of dread and anxiety and fear. Um, you know, I, I, a typical example would be uh, you know a veteran who was in who was in a war and Fourth of July. You think would be a great time, but the, just the sound of fireworks brings back those images and those feelings and those experiences. And really, what happens with PTSD is that you're actually reliving these things over and over again, and and that fear and that anxiety is overwhelming, and it comes back almost as if you're experiencing it present day. And and that's that's the Oh God! Yeah, that's a terrible thing about PTSD. It's it's like you're reliving the thing over and over again. So, here's the thing: you don't have to actually have been so. So, for example, soldiers in a war, they participated, they were active in it. Here's the other thing that PTSD can the the other people it can affect are people who witness a terrifying event. So you don't have to have had something done to you, but if you see an event, that can also cause PTSD. Um, I, I distinctly remember, and, 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 I, and I know because I, I, this is something that I've thought about over the years. I was probably maybe, I'm going to say six, five, six, because I know we were not young enough to go on our own, but, but we had walked down the street and then across, across like a four-lane highway to a store that was there. And I remember because I was holding my mom's hand, and it was me and my brother, and I think there was uh, my aunt might have been with us, but... So we were coming back, and just before we crossed the street, this car, this motorcycle was turning, and this car hit this motorcycle with a rider on it coming the other way. And and I I I I can it's like the it's like I can replay the movie in my head, like being five or six and seeing that happen. It was like whoa, what is going on here? It just you know that that and and of course you know my mom freaked out, my aunt freaked out, you know the adults are freaking out. The kids are going to feel, 
kids are going to feel a little bit bad as well. They're, they're going to freak out as well. But it's one of those things where if you witness something, that can also bring on PTSD. So just, just and, and, and I know people can think of traumatic things that could bring this on, but let me give you some examples. Uh, sexual or physical assault, the unexpected death of a loved one, an accident, war, natural disaster. I mean, think about this uh, uh, this tornado that, that went through Gaylord just uh, you know a month or so ago. Oh, yeah. And how, how that could bring up, uh, I mean, nightmares for these people, oh, especially if they were in it, yeah. you know, uh, you know, seeing houses and, and buildings blown away that, that that's a traumatic event. Um, also, families of victims can develop PTSD. And, and, and here's the thing that that in a lot of policemen and, and uh, emergency workers will tell you, they see a lot of this stuff. They see a lot of shocking things that, that would be traumatic for your average person, but that they're expected to deal with that because of their job. So what happens is when there's this traumatic event, we, we go into our, our, our bodies and, and our minds try to, for lack of a better term, they try to deal with it. And, and, and that's where we start having anger, nervousness, fear, guilt. And all these things come along with PTSD. Uh, and these reactions are common. I mean, if, you, if you're involved in a tragedy or see something happen, um, you, you're going to have that. You're going to have those feelings. It's understandable. Uh, but, but for a person with PTSD, they continue and even get worse over time. And that's, that's where the problem comes in. Um, my, I, Kendra, my wife, gave me permission. Oh, Alan checked in. Happy Friday, Alan. Glad to see you check in. Alan, as usual, hey, hey. The fuck are you doing? Yeah, just checking in, Alan. All righty. So yeah, thanks for checking in, Alan. Um, so Kendra, my wife, she was working retail. Uh, this is before we even met. In fact, she was working at the store. She worked at the Willow Tree in Wyandot. She's probably I don't know at the time had to be young twenties because I met her when she was twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Not long before I met her, maybe a year or so, she was in the willow tree, you know, at, at the at the cash register, and a guy came in and put a gun in her face, you know, and held up the store. Of course, wanted money, and of you know, she she still to this day, just seeing a gun gives her feelings of of that that fear and that panic and that anxiety. Um, so. So over time, what happens is it gets embedded into your system with post-traumatic stress. And here's, here's the way to define it. If you have symptoms that last more than a month after a tragedy or an accident, you're probably suffering some level or some form of PTSD. And the other thing is that, that it affects the way you function, especially in certain situations. So I go back to my, our example of a, of a soldier who's in a war. They don't function well on 4th of July. Even 30 years later, it's still an issue. And that, that, that really is a case of PTSD. Most, time, most of the time, as far as, as post-traumatic stress, symptoms will begin within three months of the event. Um, sometimes, though, it can start later. It can be something that, that's just hidden for a long time, and then it just comes up after years of dormancy, possibly. Um, something you, you could have a very familiar event that was similar to the, to, to the trauma you experienced, 
and all of a sudden it'll come out of nowhere. And, and some people, and, and for, for a lot of people, a lot of my clients that I deal with, that's, that's scary because it's, it's like, it's like a, it's a surprise in a way. It seems like that would be harder to, yeah. to, to cope with. Cause if you're scared from the get go, mm-hmm. um, it's like, okay, there was this incident. I'm, I'm scared. I'm, or I'm, I'm troubled. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to work know through this. Where it's coming from. Yeah. All of a sudden you, you're all of a sudden you're like, I'm, not right yeah like a couple years later right. and it's like you're, you're like why yeah and you're yeah like, that seems that would be seems like be more troubling yeah because it's almost like you like i said it's almost like a surprise it's almost like whoa where's this coming from um so so there are categories of ptsd that people suffer with so let me go through these so that you can kind of learn a little bit more about it the first category is reliving and i mentioned this earlier people relive the tragic events either the witness of or being involved in it over and over again. So people with PTSD repeatedly relive the ordeal through thoughts and memories of the trauma. Uh, they, may, they may include uh, flashbacks, hallucinations, and nightmares. They may also feel great distress when certain things remind them of the trauma, such as the anniversary date of the event. So, so this is one of the big curses of PTSD is, is that it, it's so, so, I can be, I can remember back to childhood of things that happened to me, and believe me, this this is not a comparison. But like, I I remember distinctly being stung by a bee and then right in the neck. We were at we were at the the Michigan State Fair. And this bee stung me right in the neck. I remember that distinctly. Now I don't have fears or dreams or nightmares of that, but it is something that's locked into my head. So people with post-traumatic stress that relive these things it's almost as if they're experiencing it right now over and over again so so the 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 severity of it doesn't decrease because 20 years have passed it's just as severe today as it was when they experienced the event whenever whatever in the past they did um so so that's that's a big uh, you know that that's a hard thing because you're really just this trauma is—it's it's like you're you're having trauma every time you think of it. Um, the second category is avoiding. Now, uh, when you're when you're in the avoiding category, you avoid places, people, thoughts, or situations that might remind you of the trauma. So, for example, and and I can and, and although this isn't the, the the case with my wife, um, they. She she could have an issue going into a retail store because that's where this incident happened. That could have been something that affected her. Thankfully, it doesn't. But it's something related to a trauma or something that happened. So I, I, I guarantee these people, um, we mentioned the tornado in Gaylord. I can guarantee you these people, doesn't matter where they're at. If, they're in, if they see bad weather, that's probably going to trigger something for them. Um, so they might avoid, like they might say, oh, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to travel because there's supposed to be storms in this area. So they start avoiding things that might remind them of the tragedy. Um, the third category is increased arousal. So, so this means that it's, it's I'm going to go back to, to the, the fight or flight response. You have these excessive physiological and emotional uh, feelings. So excessive emotions, problems relating to others, uh, uh, problems feeling or showing affection, Difficulty sleeping, irritability, outburst of anger, difficulty concentrating, being jumpy or easily startled. Um, the person could also suffer from physical symptoms such as blood pressure, increased blood pressure, heart rate, rapid breathing, muscle tension, nausea, and diarrhea. 
So, I mean, these are physical symptoms that that can come on because of that increased physiological arousal because of this, you know, traumatic thing. And the fourth one would be negative cognitions and mood. Now, this refers to the thoughts and feelings, and this is all related to what I, I think I may have mentioned it in passing earlier. Blame, estrangement, memories of the traumatic event, feelings of guilt. So, somehow, like, like you, you feel like that somehow you could have done something different or changed the outcome or, or somehow could have affected the outcome of it. Um, and these negative cognitions and mood, if you, if, you, if, you, if you hold on to that for many, many years, it's going to affect how you feel about yourself and how you interact with other people. Um, for children who suffer from PTSD, again, maybe, maybe children, I, I, you know, I'm, and I, I hate to bring up the school shootings, but think about if you're an elementary school student and you're six, seven years old and, and you've witnessed this event, you might have delayed problems such as motor skills and language issues. Uh, even younger children might have toilet training um, um, delays as far as their development. So here's the thing. That the intensity of symptoms can vary depending on the event and the person, of course. Um, you may have more symptoms when you feel stress. And here's the thing. Stress brings on all... One of the things I say to my clients a lot, especially those that suffer with anxiety or, or PTSD or, or OCD or things that related to anxiety, stress always exacerbates those symptoms. It always makes them worse. So the less stress you can have, the more likely you are going to be able to deal with these, these issues, these feelings, the, these, these difficulties. Um, I know that's easier said than done. And, and we'll get into, again, things that we can do in a little bit. Um, so how common is PTSD? I mean, you think about it and you think of, I, I mean, honestly, if you think about just what's been happened in, I don't, like over the past few months, like how many people has that affected? Either the people themselves, the families, the, 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 the teachers or the workers, the f communities. So right now, a study done uh, last year, about 3.6% of adult Americans, about 5.2 million people have PTSD during the course of a year. And an estimated 7.8 million Americans will develop PTSD at some point in their lives. So that's a big number. Uh, PTSD can develop at any age, as we said, including childhood. Here's a, something that surprised me, though. And I think because we talk about PTSD in the frame of reference of soldiers and war a lot, women are more likely to develop PTSD than men. Um, and again, they attribute this to the fact that women are probably more likely to be victims of violent crime, domestic abuse, rape, things like that. So that, but that was surprising to me because, again, Typically, be, be, going back, I mean, to Vietnam and before, you know, women didn't serve in battle and wars. So, yeah, originally the, the term, it would come across as, as, as uh, you know, tied to, you know, seeing um, action in, in, in war mm -hmm. or, or, or some sort of conflict, right. military conflict. Right, right. Uh, but it, it's, it's anything from, you know, getting jumped on the street. To, oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so well, yeah, like not getting, understanding getting, the word no well, to, yeah. to anything, or, so. or or even just something as simple as 
I, I, I distinctly remember this. I, I took my son, Ethan, to a, to a Lions game. We went to a Lions game. He was probably, I don't know, I'm going to say 8, 10 at the time. Um, you know, went down to Ford Field. You know, it's, it's go down there all the time. Never had any issues. So we were parked. I'm, I'm like in a traffic jam, like right by Comerica to turn on to try to get the expressway. You're just sitting. You're just waiting. We're just sitting in a car, and this guy comes in front of my vehicle, and he like pounds the hood with his fist and kicks my bumper, and and he says, "Move your fucking move move the fuck out of the way!" And I'm like, "Dude, we're in a traffic jam. We're sitting. <laughs> like, like, where is it for me to go?" Yeah. Well, so so of course my initial reaction, I just put my hands up like this. Yeah. You know, like I know you guys can't see this on audio, but yeah, yeah. like putting my hands up like what? Yeah, yeah. So then the guy comes marching over to my door. Oh, you like, want to, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was like, like he wanted he wanted to fight someone. He was just in that, and you, you could see the guy was. I, I'll describe. You know, an older dude, whitish hair, but his face was as red as a tomato. Uh, like you could tell he'd been, he'd probably been tipping a few back during sure. during, during uh, the Lions game. But uh, but even something like as innocent as that, that that could be traumatic for someone. That you, I mean, you don't know what what the guy's going to do or what he might try to do. You got your kid with you. You're you know, um, so yeah. There's a lot of things like that that could happen. But again, women are more likely to be victims of domestic violence and abuse and rape. So that uh, you know, they have more instances of PTSD. Um. So as far as a diagnosis goes, I know a lot of people, and, and, and I know this is not the, the big important part of this, because a lot of my clients will say, well, what am, what am I diagnosed with? I'm like, well, I'm not really caught up on diagnoses. Let's talk about what you're feeling and how we can help it. But a lot of people will ask, well, how do I know if I have PTSD? Um, so typically it's not diagnosed until at least a month has passed after a traumatic event. I think I may have mentioned that earlier. If symptoms of PTSD are present, um, They'll, they'll, it's, it's more a, a question and answer type things. You know, are you having nightmares? Is it affecting your daily life? Uh, do you feel increased anxiety? Do you have physiological issues as far as, as you know, stomach aches or, or things that are related to stress? And that really is the, 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 the only way to diagnose it. I mean, if you're having any type of, of symptoms as far as linked to the memory or, or reliving the event, you probably have PTSD. I mean, it's not as... Like with most psychological disorders, it's not a blood test. You can just run and say, oh, yeah, you have it. You know, it's not like, I don't know, not like COVID. You don't have a test for it. You can't just say yes, yes or no. Um, so, I mean, if it's something that you feel like, it, it, if you feel like that might be something you're suffering with, here, here's the thing. Go see your doctor. Go see a therapist. Go to somebody who can at least help you realize what it is. Because I think a lot of people, as I said, what what we mentioned earlier, this delayed onset thing, they may start feeling like crap and not know why. They're like, why am I so anxious? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I, I'm overwhelmed watching the, you know, the news. And, and they might not realize it's related to something they've experienced at some point in their life. So, um, so definitely see someone. So what, what we're going to do is um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some specific things that you can do as far as if you're suffering from PTSD. And we're going to cover that next episode because we're right, right near the end now. So check in next time. We're going to talk about specific actions that we can take if you're suffering from symptoms of PTSD and where to get that help at. 
So again, I know it's kind of a serious topic, but like I said, it's kind of I feel it's kind of necessary based on what we've been dealing with as far as these these you know these mass tragedies that have been happening. So, folks, join us next episode. I'm going to follow up with part two of PTSD. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time. Facebook Live people, stay there. We'll be right back.